This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. About the authority of the believer. Twelve basic truths about the authority of the believer. I found out that putting it like this just makes it easier for us to understand. And then I try to uh, build them up, build them up, build them up, so we get a good grip and a good grasp of it in our spirits. Praise God. Well, we said number one, it will do the believer tremendous good to pray for revelation knowledge of his authority in Christ. Ephesians 1, 16 to 23, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. Then we also said God made Adam in his image. God made man in his image and after his likeness. And he gave Adam dominion over the earth. Adam disobeyed God and committed high treason, selling out to the devil. And therefore, Satan became the god of this world, falling here to man's authority. And then we gave several scriptures that showed that. And then we said in the last hour, the third point, that Jesus defeated the devil. He did. It happened. He's not going to defeat the devil. He already has. Eternally. Jesus defeated the devil through his death burial and resurrection and brought the devil to nothing reduced him to nothing he stripped satan of the authority and delegated it to the church so we have the authority now see when jesus rose from the dead he said in matthew 28 verses 18 and 19 he said all authority the greek word is exousia king james puts it as power but it's actually authority all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth then he turned to the church and said, folks, go therefore, because I've got all the authority. I'm sending you. I'm delegating you. So you see, we have all the authority now because Jesus has defeated the devil. Don't forget that. He has defeated the devil. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is as practical as it gets because the person behind the sin, the sickness, the lack, the problems, the adversity is the one we are talking about. He has been defeated. He has been defeated. And he was defeated for us. He was defeated because of us. Jesus brought him to nothing. And it happened. So it's not going to happen. See, when Jesus on that cross said, it is finished, John 19.30, that wasn't when redemption finished. Redemption was just starting. What finished then? That was when the old covenant finished. As soon as he said that, the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place was torn in two from top to bottom. The famous Jewish historian Flavius Josephus said that that veil was 40 feet wide, 20 feet high, and 4 inches thick. Some heavenly emissary must have ripped that thing in two, indicating that God's presence will no longer be shot in a tabernacle. Now he's going to dwell in us. You see, when he died, redemption wasn't finished. It was just starting. Remember, after I was raised from the dead, when on that morning, uh, when Mary Magdalene came and they were, were trying to embalm the body and all, you know, and she was crying, where, where is the Lord? Where is the Lord? And suddenly, Jesus called her name, Mary. She turned, you know, knew immediately it was him. She was going to touch him. Then Jesus said, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my God and your God, my father and your father. Go and tell my disciples and Peter. I'll meet them in Galilee, like I said. Obviously, that same day, later that same evening, he appeared to his disciples, the ten. And then he said, handle me. Now, earlier in the day, he said, don't handle me. I'm not yet ascended. Later, he said, you can handle me. Obviously, between that first time and that second appearance, he went to the heavenly holy of holies. And he presented his blood, his sacrifice, and the father accepted it. You see that? But that was 
Days after he said, it is finished. What I'm saying is that when he said it is finished, you know, Easter is around the corner. If you're a pastor, please don't preach it is finished and say redemption finished when Jesus said it is finished. It was just starting. What finished, what ended was the old covenant. That was when the law ended. Amen. Redemption began. And today, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. After he was raised from dead, he was with them 40 days. Then he ascended again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father now. You don't sit until your job is done. He's seated. He's seated. Because the job is done. He's finished. He's completed. Now, it's the church that's to do something. See, Jesus is the head. We are the body. If my head wanted to get out of that door, and my body wasn't cooperating, I'm not getting out of that door. Anything Jesus wants to do on the earth today has to be done through his body. Any authority Jesus has on the earth today has to be wielded through his body. He's the head, but we are his body. His authority is ours for the using. Are you listening to me? Okay, so he defeated the devil through his death, burial, and resurrection. He brought the devil to nothing. He stripped Satan of the authority and delegated it to the church. So the church now has that authority. The devil is a dethroned power. He has been dethroned, but he's still ruling this world. Why is he ruling this world? Because this world doesn't know he's dethroned. Legally, he has been dethroned. Yes, there's still such a thing as a time uh, lease. He can be here on the earth, but he doesn't have authority over us. We are in Christ now. Because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we have authority over him. We have dominion over him. I went to a boarding school, secondary school, and, um, you know, we had people, you know, there's something they used to call chancing. Does anybody know chancing? When somebody will come, something that is your own, that is your right, you say, give me that bucket. You know, maybe there's been some water problem. You now manage to find water somewhere. You want to use it to bath. One senior will just come and take your bucket of water. Say, but it's my bucket. If it's your bucket, Inko. It's my water. I went to fetch it. Yes, now. In fact, carry it to me. Ca carry it for me to the bathroom so I can use it to bathe. You know, your own bucket. See, the devil likes to chance. What is their rights? Many times, because people don't know their rights. The devil cheats them, robs them of what is theirs. He doesn't have to rob you anymore. Because now you know your rights. Now you know he's dethroned. Now you know he's not as powerful as he feigns himself to be. Yes, he may have some ability. But we have authority over all his ability. Because he has been brought to nothing. Amen. Well, fourth point. Fourth of the basic truths. You know, we're looking at 12 basic truths about the authority of the believer. Number four at the new birth. Remember, in number three, we talked about what happened 2,000 years ago at redemption through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Now, number four, at the new birth, at the new birth, the believer inherited the legal right to use the name of Jesus. At the new birth, the believer inherited the legal right to use the name of Jesus. At the new birth, the believer inherited the legal right to use the name of Jesus and consequently and consequently authority over the devil and his cohorts at the new birth the believer inherited the legal right to use the name of Jesus and consequently authority over the devil and his cohorts at the new birth the believer inherited the legal right to use the name of Jesus and consequently authority over the devil and his cohorts. Let's look at Mark. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Well, in Mark 16, if you start from verse 15, 
It says, and he said unto them, that's Jesus, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Then verse 17 says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, before we talk about the signs he's talking about, when he said, these signs shall follow them that believe, them that believe what? How are we going to find that? Let's read the context. 15, said unto them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, believeth what? The gospel, and is baptized into the body of Christ shall be saved. He that believeth not, believeth not what? The gospel shall be damned, condemned. Someone doesn't receive Jesus, he will go to hell. He now said in verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. The same context, them that believe the gospel. The day you got born again, that moment you fell here to the use of the name of Jesus. These signs shall accompany the believing ones. The first of them, in my name shall they cast out devils. Who can cast out devils? The believing one. Anybody who's born again. Because the name of Jesus belongs to the church. The name of Jesus belongs to you. We have authority through that name. And who does? One who believes. You see, that Christian who has been living a separated life for 60 years, and that one who just got born again two minutes ago, they have the same authority over the devil. There are some things you grow in, right? You can grow in your understanding of God's word. You can grow in love. You can grow in faith. But there are some things you do. You don't grow in righteousness. You're either righteous or you're not. You can grow in the fruits of righteousness. You can grow in your understanding of your righteousness. You don't grow in sonship. You can grow up and mature as a son. But somebody is not any more a son of God than another person is. The day you got saved, you fell here to the authority. It's the possession of every believer. What gives you authority over the devil is the new birth. It's not a function of being called to ministry. There are people called to ministry that the devil rubs their face in the mud because they don't know their authority. So it's not a function of the anointing upon you to preach. No, it's a function of being saved. It's a function of being a child of God. That's why you don't have to run from pillar to post looking for who to pray for you. Actually, you can look for who you can pray for, who needs help, because you know you're a believer. You know you have authority over the devil. Jesus did not say these signs shall follow the preachers. Jesus did not say these signs shall follow the apostles in the early church. There's one theory, they call it the cessation theory, that when the last apostle died, divine healing died, all those things died. You know, it's just a theory. What's my definition of a theory? A supposition established upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. Case closed. Quod erat demonstratum. Q-E-D. Case closed. Because you have to be ignorant of what you're talking about to think that that happened. You know, people talk about there was the day of miracles. Listen, there wasn't a day of miracles. There is a God of miracles. And he said, I am the Lord. I change not. Malachi 3.6. Said in Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Let me ask you a question. Is the great commission for today the Great Commission, going to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Is it for today? Are we not to reach the lost? He that winneth souls is what? Is wise. So, the Great Commission is for today. Now, if the Great Commission is for today, why do we want to take one part of the Great Commission and leave another part of the Great Commission? Jesus said, these signs shall accompany the believing ones. The first of them, in my name, in my name, they shall exercise authority over the devil. You see, it's the possession of the believing one. Any believing ones in the house? If you're born again, you're a believing one. You believe the gospel. You've received Jesus as your savior. Confess him as your Lord. The name of Jesus belongs to you. Listen, we have a fourfold right to that name. Number one, 
you are born into the family of God. And being born into the family, the name belongs to the family. So the name belongs to you. Remember Saul of Tarsus. When Jesus told Ananias, you know, to lay hands on Saul, that he may receive his sight. Ananias began arguing. Lord, maybe your update has him, your software has been updated. See this guy? <laughs> no biam. He's persecuting the church. Jesus said to Ananias, said, go thy way. Acts 9, 10 to 16. There's a chosen vessel unto me. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. I'll show him how great and mighty things he must suffer for my name's sake. Notice that God said about Saul of Tarsus, he shall bear my name. He shall bear my name. Listen, they talk about, they ask people, what name do you bear? You know, your head, this head now is Tokumbo. This body is Tokumbo too. Listen, that is our name. We're born into the family. A lady marries a, a man. The moment she marries him, she takes on his name. The Bible says we are delivered from the law. That we should be married to another. Even to him who is raised from the dead. Romans 7. So that we might bring forth fruit unto God. You see, we are married to him. We took on his name. The name of Jesus is ours. He is the head. We are the body. Your head doesn't bear one name and your body another. In 2 Corinthians 6, from verse 14. The Bible says, be not... Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It says, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Verse 16 says, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. You notice in that place, the believer is called he that believeth, Right? The unbeliever is called an infidel. Now, you notice, he's talking about the individual believer, he that believeth. So that's one. Remember, they taught us pronouns, he, she, it, they, them, right? He that believeth. Is that many people? Who is an individual? What concord had Christ to believe? What part had he that believeth? He, the individual believer, is called he that believeth. The individual sinner is called an infidel. That he that believeth, he's called righteousness. That sinner is called unrighteousness. That he that believeth is called light. That unbeliever is called darkness. You know what? That he that believeth is called Christ. I know it's all of us put together that we are the body of Christ. It's all of us put together. But also individually, you are Christ. Now, I'm not saying I'm the head of the church. I'm not. But I'm saying I am identified with him. I am in union with him. I partake of him. Of his fullness I have received and grace for grace. Born into the family. The name belongs to the family. It's the family name. Hallelujah. It's our name. It's my name. It belongs to me. That name is mine. It's my name. The name of Jesus is personally my possession. It's personally your possession. Second, we are baptized into Christ. Being baptized into Christ, we are baptized into his name. Because he is one with his name. Remember he said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Why? He is his name. Jesus and his name are one. Whatever Jesus can do, his name will do. Because he is one with his name. In fact, he is his name. So we're born into the family. Being born into the family, name belongs to the family. Second, we're baptized into Christ. And being baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his name. Thirdly, we're commissioned, we're, we're given the power of attorney to act in his stead, to act for him. So the name is ours. When you go in somebody's name, let's say the president was invited to deliver a speech, invited to an occasion, and he couldn't come, and then he sent somebody in his name 
whatever seat the president was meant to sit, that's where the person will sit because he's coming in the name of the president. Whatever honor the president should be accorded, that person will be accorded because he has come in the president's name, isn't it? Whatever time the president was meant to speak, that's when that person will speak. Anything that person said, you can say the president said so and so because he came in his name. He came as his representative. Listen, we go in his name. We have the power of attorney to act for him. That's why he said whatever we disallow on earth, heaven will disallow. Whatever we allow on earth, we permit on earth, heaven will permit. If we forbid it, then heaven forbids it. The power of binding and losing is not in heaven, it's here on earth. A lot of things that are happening, and we're wondering, oh God, why now? Why now? If you could hear God, he would tell you, son, why? You two, you're saying, oh God, why did you let this happen? God, they say, daughter, why? The only reason it happened because you let it happen. You are the one with the authority. You are the one with the dominion. God has done everything he's going to do about the devil until the angel comes and ties him for a thousand years. We've got authority. We've got authority. We haven't seen it like we should. We've been begging for crumbs. Whereas we are invited to the table. We've been begging for handouts. Whereas we should be the one handing out. Begging for God to do something. Whereas he's done everything. We're given the power of attorney to act for him. And fourthly, we're commissioned as ambassadors to go and herald his name among the nations. Well, all this is still under that fourth point I'm talking about, the number four point that at the new birth, the believer inherited the legal right to use the name of Jesus and consequently authority over the devil and all his cohorts. That's what we're talking about. We're commissioned as ambas ambassadors to go and herald the name of Jesus among the nations. So you see, the name of Jesus is ours. The name of Jesus is ours. Remember Peter and John, Acts 3, going to the temple, our prayer, layman by the gate beautiful. Then Peter said to that man, look on us, look on us. Notice what Peter didn't say. He didn't tell the man, look to God. Of course, he was trying to get the man to look to God, and consequently the man looked to God. But notice what he said, look on us. That wasn't arrogance. That was just a fact. Look on us. The Bible says the man looked on them, expecting, which was what Peter was doing, to receive something of them. Just aroused this expectancy. Then he said to him, he said, silver and gold have I none. Maybe he wasn't going with his wallet to that, to that prayer meeting. He said, but such as I have, just the way I can have silver and gold, have money in my pocket, in that same way I have something. Such as I have, such as I have, such as I have. See, the name of Jesus is something that we have. It is our possession. It's the possession of the church. Such as I have, divide thee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Verse 6. And the Bible says immediately, Peter lifted him up by the hands. Feet and ankle bones received strength. He walking and leaping, praising God, entered into the temple. Later, you know, they thought it was their holiness. He said, look, it's not our holiness. It's not our power. He said, but his name. Acts 3.16. Through faith in his name has given this man this soundness in the presence of you all. The faith which is by him. You see, the name is ours. The name is ours. At the new birth, we fell here to that name. The name of Jesus became ours when we got saved. The moment you took Jesus as your savior and confessed him as your Lord, there are some things you fell here to. One of them is the legal right to use the name of Jesus. That name is ours. If you are not using it, it doesn't make it not yours. All the same, it's yours. Some people use it like a magic charm, like Kurube, head of Kurube. <laughs> use it like a good luck hamlet. That's not what it is. 
That's not what it is. It will pay us to do a study about the name, the resources in the name, what that name means, what that name will do, what that name represents. And then our appreciation of the name will change. At the new birth, the believer inherited the legal right to use the name of Jesus and consequently authority over the devil and his cohorts. Mark 16, 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. If you can cast out devils, it means you've got authority over devils. And remember, the devil is a devil too. Isn't it? They say you cast out devils. The devil is a chief devil. He's the chief devil. If you can cast out one devil, you can cast out the devil himself. It simply means in my name, you, we will have authority over the forces of hell in the name of Jesus. In John chapter 14, John 14, from verse 12 to 14, Jesus said this, he said, he that believeth on me. Notice, he was talking about the individual believer too. You know, somebody will have said, no, it's all of us. It's only some of us. So that's why he said, he that believeth on me. If he had said them that believe on me, some people would have said, eh, you know, eh, he was talking about them. Eh? So there are a few of us that are to do this, a few of us that are to do that. No. So he settled that once and for all. He that believeth on me. The works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, what were Jesus' works? Matthew 4.23, Matthew 9.35. They consisted of teaching, preaching, and healing. So we are to do the works of Jesus. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Shall he do also. Amen. In verse 13, he said, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 14, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. There's this man, Peter Christopher Nelson, P.C. Nelson. He was a foremost Greek and Hebrew scholar. John 14, 12 to 14. P.C. Nelson was a foremost Greek and Hebrew scholar. Actually, when he died, uh, the newspaper in Fort Worth, Texas says, World authority on the Greek language dies. So he was number one authority on the Greek language. And I think number two in the Hebrew. He had worked for the American government during World War I, helped with translations. Somebody asked P.C. Nelson one time, how many languages do you know? He responded, he said, not any yet. Then someone reframed the question and said, how many languages can you read and write in? He said, 32. Yeah. He has most of us beat by 32. He can hardly read and write any, right? Could read and write 32. Now, P.C. Nelson said this, that there are certain idiomatic expressions in the Greek language that the English language doesn't exactly capture. He said, for instance, the Greek text here, where he said, if you will ask anything in my name, I will do it. That the Greek text puts it like this, if you will demand anything as your right or privilege in my name, even if I don't have it, I will make it for you. And that's how it reads in the original text. And that name belongs to us. That name belongs to us. Note said, he that believeth on me. He that believeth on me. That name belongs to us. That name belongs to us. That name belongs to us. I was on a plane one time, some years ago. All of a sudden, international flight, the pilot, uh, the captain made an announcement. He said, well, some equipment isn't working on this plane. We don't know the distance we are from the ground. We're already in the air, you know. We are going to have to look for a way to get this plane down. You know, by the time you don't know the distance you are, the altitude meter not working. don't know the distance you are. We may just as well be heading for a rock, you know, because we can't tell. We might be going at the same altitude another plane that's coming is going at. We can't tell, you know. Now, that's a little serious, right? Maybe that's more than a little serious, isn't it? Someone said, what did you do when you heard that? I slept. I said, I'm sure you prayed. There was no use praying. You know why? 
When I left my country, I said I was going to such and such a country. I wasn't there yet. It's like when Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. The storm arose. He was sleeping. Why did he stop that storm? It was because of their unbelief. He really didn't need to. There was enough power in the words that he spoke that let us pass over to the other side to get them to the other side. Are you listening? See, we have more authority than we have imagined that we had. This is not because I'm a better Christian, I'm a this Christian. Look, it's not by our own power, our own holiness. It's the name. It's the name. It's the name. It's because of Jesus. It's because of what Jesus did. It's the possession of every believer. It belongs to us because we are in Christ. See, some of these truths, pay attention to them. You see, the devil will not send you an email ahead of time when he's coming. The storms of life will not send you a fax message, you know? Send you attachments. Send you WhatsApp message. I'm coming. I'm coming to hit hard. That guy, you know, in Luke 4, 13, the Bible says he left Jesus for a season. The Amplified Version says for a more opportune moment. The devil fights dirty. He doesn't play fair. You know, life is not a tournament. It's not, it's not a, it's not a, it's not international championship. You know, a boxing bout. The opponent is on the ground. You don't keep boxing, isn't it? He will start boxing when you're on the ground because he doesn't play clean. He plays dirty. That's the kind of adversary we have. And that's why we can't afford to be caught napping. Are you listening to me? But the truth is this. He may just as well do his worst because it's not good enough. Sometimes when the devil throws you his hardest punch, he just say, devil. Yeah, yeah. Is that all you could do? With all the name they say you bear. So that's all the trouble you could cause. So that's all. Oh, devil, devil. So that's all you could cause. You just deride him. That's how we should treat him. That's how we should treat his wiles. We should look down on him. Yes, we may face tests. We may face trials. But the good news is just as many as there are trials, that's as many as the testimonies we will have. Because God, our Father, always causes us to triumph in Christ. We don't win some and lose some. We win all the time on the basis of the finished work of redemption because we've got authority over the devil. So through the new birth, we fell here to the use of that name. Amen. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, we have already been blessed. God is not going to bless us. He has blessed us with everything we could ever need. From the day you got saved until the day you step out into eternity, everything you could ever need has already been provided for. But you see, what is yours that you don't know is yours won't do you any good. What is yours that you know is yours, but you don't act upon, won't do you any good, isn't it? Now, this is Sunday. Let's say Friday, you didn't have cash on you. And uh, you, your ATM card, for some reason, you hadn't gone to collect it. Or maybe you even have it. But then, you, your account was low. And then a friend of yours just wired 50,000 naira into your account. But that particular account, you don't get text message notification. So you had 50,000 naira, right? But you didn't know. Because you didn't get an alert. You know, you can be begging somebody, hey, can you give me uh, 2,000 naira for transport? And you have 50,000 naira in your account, but you don't know. See, is it that it's not yours? It's yours. But what is yours that you don't know is yours won't do you any good? And you know, you could even have gotten an alert. You have 50,000 naira. But then you just are lazy. You say, mm, going to queue in that ATM thing. I'm tired, Jerry. Oh, no, ATM queue, ATM queue. And you don't go to use the ATM card. You don't do a wire transfer. You don't try to buy something with your card. So it's yours. But if you don't act on it, will you enjoy it? Supposing you got somewhere to buy something, and they say, okay, pay. You say, look, 
I have money to pay. He said, uh -uh. We're not asking whether you have money. Pay. And my money is in the. Uh -uh. We will call police for you now. Pay. We want to see Kulele. Isn't it? So, what is ours legally? God wants us to experience it vitally. Authority is ours legally as believers. When did it become ours? At our new birth. The day you got saved, you fell here to that authority. The right to use the name of Jesus became yours once you got saved. Because Jesus said, these signs shall accompany them that believe, the believing ones. And the first of them is, in my name shall they cast out devils. So authority over the, the devil, the authority of the believer is ours. It became ours through the new birth. But you see, we need to know that it is ours. Not just know it in our heads, know it in our hearts. How are we going to know it in our hearts? By taking the time to study these truths, meditate in them, feed on them, feed on them, feed on them, feed on them, and allow the mighty spirit of truth to open these truths up to our spirits. See, in John 8, 31 and 32, the Bible says, Then said Jesus, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Verse 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, it's knowledge acted upon that produces results. In Isaiah 5.13, Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13, God said, my people, not the devil's people, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Because they have no knowledge. In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, God said, my people, notice he didn't say the devil's people, my people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. That's why we need knowledge. We need knowledge of our authority. We need revelation knowledge. That's why you need to pray those prayers for yourself so that you can see these things in your spirit. The moment you see it on the inside of you, like you should, let me tell you something. The devil's days of having heyday and high carnival in your life are over. They are over once you see it. Once you see it. Once you see it. You know, eh? sometimes as preachers, we say things like, you know, ah, uh, God will give you the victory. And then people usually shout, Amen. God will do this. People shout, Amen. You know, really, eh? God is not going to give you the victory. Really. God is not going to do it. You know why? He did it 2,000 years ago. If you are not experiencing the victory, it's because you are not taking the victory. The way we want people to speak word over us, speak word over, yet yeah, God has spoken 1,189 chapters over us. Is there a place for people blessing people? Sure. Sure. But let me tell you something. Let's see the, the, the fullness of the finished work of redemption. Let's see the present day ministry of Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father. Let's, if we could just see those things in our spirits like we should, if we could just get that knowledge like we should, listen, life will be different. Life will be different. Circumstances will be different. Struggle, struggling will just end. You know, there are some things you know that you act in some ways. There's a confidence you have that you have. I'm not talking about braggadocious stuff. I'm talking about when you are confident, when you know you know, you know who you are. The devil shows up, you look at him. See, there was a time in my life that if I heard that the devil was down that road, I would run the other way. But when I found out my authority over him, I went out looking for him. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then when he saw me coming, he said, oh, he has found out. Then he started running. He started running from me. He has been defeated. We've got authority over him. We fell here to that authority at our new birth. It's ours. Let's take the time to feed some more on these scriptures. Feed some more on these truths. Get them into our spirits. Get them into our spirits.
life will be different. Brother Higgin, he got healed, got off that deathbed, August the 8th of 1934, second Tuesday in August. What did he know? What did he see? He just got the revelation of Mark 11, 23 and 24. You know, he was born August of 1917, August 20th, born with two organic heart conditions. His entire chest region was deformed. He had an incurable blood disease. He was also paralyzed. They told him that nobody that medical science had any record of with the condition he has ever lived to be 16. To stay in the middle of the road and get ready to die. Well, he got a hold of the truth of God's word. Just feeding on God's word. He saw Mark 11, 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things shall ye desire when ye pray? Believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. He acted on that. He got healed. After he got raised up that deathbed, he said there was a fear that hounded him. It hounded him. What was that fear? That he would be back on that bed. See, when he was bedfast, he was paralyzed. 16 long months from April 22 of 1933 to August 8th of 1934, that's 16 months, on a bed, couldn't bathe himself, couldn't feed himself. You know, that, that's prison. Now, he got light about faith and prayer. He got healed. When he got healed, he didn't know there was healing and redemption. He didn't know. That wasn't what he saw. He found those ones out later. Then there were a lot of things he still didn't see, but at least he saw about the prayer of faith. He got healed. But you see, there was that fear that nagged him. He said that fear dogged his tracks. He said when he went to preach on Sunday morning in church, it followed him to the pulpit. When he was going to preach, it waited for him. When he finished preaching, it followed him again. When he was going to sleep at night, it followed him to his bed. He stayed by the foot of the bed. When he woke up in the morning, it started following him again. From 1934 to 1944, 10 solid years. He said that fear hounded him. A fear that he will be paralyzed again. A fear that he will be back on that bed. He said he tried everything, did everything he knew to do. He couldn't get rid of that fear. He said until one day in 1944, he was reading a book by Lillian B. Yeomans. I have a copy of the book. And there's a chapter in that book about where does sickness come from. He didn't know where sickness really came from. He wasn't sure. So when he, Dr. Yeomans was a medical doctor, she got a hold of divine healing, she was deathly sick, came out of death's door, healed, and then she devoted the rest of her life to preaching, practicing, and teaching divine healing. So she now wrote in that book about one time there was an epidemic of typhoid in one, uh, in one um, locality. On getting there, the first thing they said is, where is it coming from? One of the places in troubleshooting that they looked out was their water supply. They found out that some pigs had died in the reservoir that was supplying water there. So they cleared out the water, cleared out the pigs, and then that was the end. She said in the same way, where does sickness come from? And then she showed that sickness comes from the devil. That there wasn't sickness here until Adam fell. And that Satan is the originator as well as the propagator of sickness and disease. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. We went about doing good. Healing all the oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. John 10, 10. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. See, he saw that. He saw for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. So he said, oh, so sickness actually comes from the devil. So this thing is really from the devil. And it's this same devil that Jesus has already defeated for me. Brother Higgin said, studying like 2 a.m. in the night, when he saw that, he was so thrilled with the truth. He said he jumped off the bed where he was studying. And he started running around the room, running around the room for joy. Oh, I found out where sickness comes from. I found out where sickness comes from. It actually comes from the devil. Sickness is not from God. God doesn't have sickness. Oh, it's from the devil. It's from the devil. And that devil has been defeated. Oh, Jesus brought him to naught. He said he was so thrilled to discover the truth. He said he was so thrilled. Then he went to bed, slept a little bit. A few hours after, he jumped out of bed, too excited. 
I found out the truth. No, the Bible says, I rejoice at thy word as one that found great spoil. Oh, sickness actually comes from the devil. It's the devil. It's the devil. It's the devil. It's not from God. It's not from God. It's the devil. And he's been defeated. Oh, Jesus brought him to naught. Jesus paralyzed him. He did it for me. I found out the truth. Where it comes from. He was so too thrilled. Said he had about four running spells. Now, he was quite a conservative man, but he did those runnings without shoes, right in his bedroom. Just thrilled. Said by the time he woke up, eventually the next day, he said he woke up and for the first time in 10 years, he checked and he couldn't find that fear. He didn't have to bind it. He didn't have to cast it. He just left. Why? Because he found out the truth. Child of God, you've got authority over the devil. You've got authority over the devil. And the devil, who is the one behind the adverse circumstances, has been defeated. Has been defeated. Isn't that something to shout about? Isn't that something to rejoice about? He's been defeated. He's under your feet. We've got authority over him. 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 We've got authority. Glory to God. Glory to God. You see, we are reigning as kings. We are reigning in this life. We're walking in triumph. Our down days are over. Our sick days are over. Our lack days are over. Our failure days are over. Why? Because we are saved now. We're born again. It happened 2,000 years ago. But we didn't know it. But now we found out. We found out. We found out. Glory to God. information and inquiries please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163